Hi there, podcast. This is another one of those uh, Laboogie re-listens for you. Uh, this one was was a special one recorded with Toby Player last year after the uh, Kiama Pro, which he was the sponsor of. Didn't you know? You can't really talk about Australian bodyboarding without talking about those Player brothers. Uh, I've already had Ben Player on the uh, on the podcast very recently, and everybody really loved to to hear from him and some of his ideas about the direction of the sport and, you know, part of the history for him. Uh, you know, this podcast with Toby was kind of a fun one. We we really spoke a lot about the competition in Kiama and him supporting that um, that competition, which was um, kind of interesting. We're talking about the, the nature of the industry in Australia, what's going on, and, yeah, we talk about his uh, brief but illustrious DJing career. So um, enjoy this podcast and thanks a lot for listening again. I am I'm sitting in the uh, the illustrious uh, back room of uh, Bodyboard King with the man himself, Toby Player. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. It's a pleasure to be had. The coffee's good. You've always been. You've had your eye on good coffee. I remember that from a long time ago. Um, we're just in, being interrupted by a phone call now. Guy's going to get that, so just pay no attention to that, dear listener. Um, we're just in the middle of the waiting period for the um, for the Bodyboard King Kiama Pro, the APB World Tour Grand Slam event, and you just competed in it. How did it feel to put the jersey back on? Yeah, it was good. I mean, I, I do like competing. Um, I kind of, uh, once I put it on, you know, it all comes back to me. So even though I've been out of the game for a while, and usually the competitions I've been in recently have been like Shark Island or Chopu or, um, you know, those kind of events. So a totally different kind of a contest when it's kind of based on barrels and, mm. and big moves and that's kind of the surfing that I normally do do. Uh, so, yeah, it was pretty different to do it in smaller waves and it was pretty. Uh, I was pretty happy to get through the trials and into the main event and do surprisingly well. Nearly made the top 16. Yeah. So, I was yeah. there. I was yeah. a little bit worried. I, uh, <laughs> I had to lift my game a little bit. I mean, I to be honest, I didn't expect to do that well, you know, because I know it's not your thing. Yeah. Um, how often would you actually surf waves like that well, on a bodyboard? To tell the like, truth, yeah, that's it. Not very often because, yeah. uh, you know, I'm busy running my business, bodybooking. I'm busy being a father to my twins and everything that goes along with that. So, yeah, I mean... As my wife, uh, she gives me surf credits, but I don't want to spend them on no, shitty waves. I want to no. wait for the good surf. So. No, you don't want to do that. I yeah. know what that's like. Yeah. Um, not that I... No, my wife's pretty good. She pretty much tells me to go. But maybe she doesn't want to hang out with me as much as I think. <laughs> Truth comes out, <laughs> Yeah, I know. This isn't about me, though. Um, you were the main sponsor of the event. Um, how did all that come about? Because you, I know that you've dabbled in a few of the Aussie Tour events or one of the Aussie Tour events in the past. But, you know, was it a bigger step up for you as an event sponsor to do an APB World Tour event? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, I've always wanted to bring a contest back to Australia, and it's been five years since there was the last one, so... Mm. Um, you know, I got behind the APB tour through sponsoring the, the actual tour, um, you know, through the online shop. And that's right, avenues, that's right. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I've never sponsored a contest, but I've been, uh, I've helped out the APB tour for a long time, Tahiti's, uh, that, that contest, yep. the first one. We were like uh, one of the sponsors. So, man, I'm stoked. Um, yeah, it's like I like to put back into the sport. I think mm. to see contests like that for Groms or anybody just like lifts everyone's uh, perception of bodyboarding and, and where it's going and all that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. 
I was particularly interested, both of us are knocked out of this now, so like we're kind of reflecting on what was whilst the competition should wrap up on Thursday, we think. Um, I was quite interested by the response to the jet ski tow-out sessions because it was kind of like I was doing that literally 13, 14 years ago mm. and it was awesome then. And did we did we forget somewhere that that's actually like really awesome because everyone was cheering on the beach like yeah. that's the most interest I heard yeah, yeah. all comp like what have we have we missed something there with bodyboarding It's kind of weird I think um, I think it's a really good dynamic because mm. it can make shitty waves look really good as we saw and there was people hooting there was people yeah. screaming there was a lot of hype about it and it just you know you look I was taking photos on the beach I looked back and the whole beach was lined with people. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that you did, before. You did good in that comp. Yeah, you did I had fun. Had the, fun. Through the pool chair over the fence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just I tried to mix it up, but my strategy failed because you know Tanner and uh, who beat me, Rawlins, they just did massive reverses, and yeah, I was trying to go for diversity. That's my thing. <laughs> failed. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I That's just a good point, actually, it was though, super yeah. interesting for me because yeah, I, I think we're all a bit cut up. Well, there were some notable people who were more cut up than others um, about the quality of the waves that we had for the early rounds of the event. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, it's my theory that these are the waves that we grew up in and it's not a bad thing to grovel every now and then. I mean, what are your thoughts as an event sponsor? Are you, I assume you would have wanted bigger waves, but I mean, how, what's your take on the success of the event as yeah. it stands? Well, yeah, basically, you know, everyone has high expectations, as did I. Um, and I was kind of trying to help Leo out, looking at the forecast and mm. saying this option or that option. Um, you know, it's hard because you've got to be able to please the, the major sponsors who are like Kaima, mm. uh, Region and Destination New South Wales and all that, keep them happy but also keep sponsors like myself happy as mm. well as the bodybuilding community mm. who want to see sick waves as we all do. Mm. So um, it's a fine balance. Uh, you know, I, I was like, pretty impressed by the calls Alex Leon made mm. on some days I wasn't quite sure if he was making the right call but looking back now mm. I'm like yeah okay well he's made all the good calls so yeah. I can't fault him on that under trying circumstances too yeah um, one of those things like Australia had pumped for like two months straight at the yeah. east coast all May all June then uh, coming into July it kind of backed off a little bit and then we were left with this high pressure system that won't sort of piss off it's pretty oh, annoying no. But uh, there is a glimmer of hope that it looks like Thursday could be pretty fun. Mm. Uh, and, you know, even if it's three to four foot out there, we're going to see some sick moves. Yeah. So Totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's my it's my theory as well that, like, the guys that make it are generally, like, the top 16 of this event could pretty much, give or take one or two, be the top 16 of any event. Yeah, And true. that's, you know, so the same guys seem to perform, whether it's huge or small or um or small. The online community's been a little bit kind of pushy with it. Like, I mean, do you follow much of the kind of commentary there or have you switched off a bit? Because I know there's a lot of guys kind of, they think that this, they think that having comps in waves like this somehow affects the growth of the sport. What do you say to that as an event sponsor and as someone who actually has a long history in this? Uh, yeah, I can see see that point. Like, um, I personally, I, I would rather not be held in ways like this, but you're not gonna, you can't just call it off, you know? That's no. just the cards have been dealt, so you deal with it. Mm. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of people have put their time and money into it, so mm. you just kind of got to go ahead. Uh, you know, there's a lot of judges and a lot of volunteers that are down there mm. helping out for not much pay and mm. they're not they're not really whinging. No. Uh, I can see why the team the riders do get pissed off and you know, I, I do a little bit too. I can see it doesn't 
doesn't make bodyboarding look as good as it could. Mm. But you know, you got to deal with all conditions, and yeah. it seems like if you can shine through, the cream's going to rise to the top. You know, yeah. and uh, hopefully, yeah, Leo's done a good job to get to this stage where he can nail it in one day from here. Yeah, and um, hopefully, if we get ways, you know, if if we get one good day ways, all will be forgotten. Exactly. Then the, the, the content will start streaming through. Yeah, it's interesting though because I I only in my previous life when I was on the tour many many years ago and I think you were on the tour as well in most of those years but were you at the Shark Island event that year where we called it off and we split the prize money don't think so okay but I've been at, at like a Tahiti comp like that too oh yeah, yeah thing, that yeah. one yeah just like we held, we held it a big pass that's right it was a big pass split the money yep and um, you know the, all the points were split that's no, right no actually they held the I what think they they, they ended up held, holding a few heats I think they they did yeah, because I got knocked out before yeah. it got to the split. Yeah. Yeah, I was in the early stages of that comp, that Tahiti comp. But so, I mean, that was so bad we couldn't hold it at Chopers. That so. was crazy. Yeah. But, I mean, that Shark Island comp, I just I was going to ask you, you know, like as an event sponsor, because I remember the guy from Human Shoes who was the main sponsor at the time, yeah. Gary, he was there when we all voted to either yeah. have the event or to cancel it and split the prize money. And for me, I'll admit that I voted to split the prize money because I was like fuck yeah but you know, I, got I can that. see he wouldn't got, be too happy with that would he no he, no yeah. like I mean it's remarkable that we were even given the opportunity oh, no. to do that because I wouldn't from where I'm sitting today that sounds like a terrible idea mm. <laughs> you know for a sponsor oh for sure man like I can imagine <laughs> like I thought about that uh, the other day I was like what if people were calling, talking about doing that and they I was were. like well why don't, why don't I just like write you all a check from the start and <laughs> exactly. just give it to you? Exactly. It's the same thing, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I know, but we we did it like we did it like twelve years yeah. ago, and I was like, yeah, just because this has been the closest event since for me, where I've looked at it, gosh, this is kind of similar to the problem we had like on that moment, yeah, yeah. and we made a decision, and and maybe that wasn't the best decision now that I reflect on it, but at the time I voted for it. Yeah. Like, I'll admit that much. Um, so I mean, you came onto the to sponsoring this um, this event. That kind of says to me that the 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 decision to start your own business way back. How long has how, how long have you been doing this now for? Uh, twelve years. You know? Twelve years. Yeah. Okay. So I was there. I think I remember we might have been on a trip in Indo once to Southern Sumatra, one of those first trips. And yeah, you may right. have been talking about. Doing this then? Were you already I, doing uh, it? I'm just trying to think. That would have been nah. real close to yeah, the start. Yeah, it was pretty close to it, yeah, I think. Mm. So I remember we were talking about it, and it was called Booger King back then, and I thought that was a really cool name. Um, but you hit a few hurdles along the way with that one. So do you want to let everyone know, like, what, what exactly <laughs> happened back then and maybe walk us through that little journey? Yeah, so I don't know if you know, but uh, Booger King was the original thing, and uh, I had the... Burger King logo, which was pr- basically a ripoff of uh, Burger King. Logo. Totally was. Was it fries? Was it actually like a packet of? fries? Oh, there was a few ones. There was a there was a a, a packet of fries with boards hanging out yeah, the top, that's right. which I was that like one. one of the ones. And then there was just like basically Burger King, uh, similar to Burger King writing with the uh, horizontal lines. Yeah. I mean, there's like no way you, there's no way you could have mistaken it, but <laughs> it was like there was a similarity there. And yeah. Uh, Anyway, they, they ended up. Um, I knew at one stage I was gonna have to uh, change it. I guess like it was. I was kind of taking the piss, and mm. I thought maybe this thing won't go anywhere. Maybe yeah, yeah. Burger King's just gonna be a harebrained scheme and yeah, just yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. So once I started do, getting successful, I started going, okay, well, yeah. one day I'm gonna have to change this. So I already actually had logos um, done up, and I 
the next step was going to be body booking. But before that, uh, eventually, I did get a legal letter from from the big wigs, and um, <laughs> they were just told from me the to king se- of the cease and desist. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but the funny thing is, I got a letter, and um, you know, it was like all the big headers, offices in London, Hong Kong, <laughs> New York, Australia. I was like, oh, I talked to my lawyer mate, and he goes, mate. You know what? They they probably can't win it, but they're going to go all the way. So, yeah. and I was like, you know, I'll 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 change the name. I'll I'll change it to Bodyboard King. I'll do away with the logo. I'll mm. keep. I got to keep the domain name yeah. uh, because that was like, you know, that was just a name. So yeah. that I, that was fine. I didn't lose any business out of it, which was mm. great. Um, and uh, yeah, that was, so that was the change, which is um, yeah, it was it was going to happen eventually. And then since then, we've been going strength to strength. Mm. Yeah. And like uh, I think it's an interesting thing like back then I mean you launched this business an online business before Facebook. Yeah. Was it before yeah, Facebook it was probably or were pretty time. close, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I think Facebook's like 2006 or yeah, 7. 2006 I started, yeah. So yeah, so it might have been about the same yeah, time, probably, but yeah. I mean that wasn't a factor in your decision to start the business, no, was it? The reason why I started uh, well, at the time I was doing a bit of DJing, and uh, <laughs> right and, and so like I just found like you know finding records. Yeah, I didn't want to go to the record shops and just go through all the records and find like the one record I was looking for. Yeah, I mean it's good to do that in a way, but sure. what I, what I started doing was uh, shopping online uh-huh. for records and just like using the search words to find stuff. And I was like, how good is this? I don't have to. Yeah, right. I get exactly what I want. So yeah. Uh, I started uh, doing that a little bit, and then uh, that sort of got my interest. And I was like, "Whoa, I can do this with bodywoods for sure." Okay, make it easier for other people, and uh, that was like a little bit of the the idea behind. That it was too. the inspiration. Yeah, I just so, found it, yeah, yeah, right. I, I didn't know about online, this DJ career. Was doing, this is completely unknown. to me. I was me. doing a lot of online shopping myself, and uh-huh. I and I could see like where it was going and what yeah. was going to happen. Yeah. Okay, and and but let's talk about this DJ career real quick. So, what kind of <laughs> what kind of shows are we doing talking about here? Where were you, where were you spinning oh, this? Mainly around uh, Sydney, around Manly area. Really, my, name, um, my DJ name was Busy T. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it was pretty wild time. Busy T. Yeah, you're right. Okay, well, if anyone out there listening to this um, remembers any nights with Busy T, feel free to let us know. Um, so it came from your own, and I think. You, I don't know, since since I kind of got away from bodyboarding, I, I got into this entrepreneurial space. So it's always interesting for me to hear about how people initiate ideas because, you know, it's ideas are one thing, but it's how you execute on that idea that really is the difference maker. Mm. So, But your beginning point was that you were shopping online for records yeah, and you just kind of organically thought to yourself, hey, bodyboards could be purchased in this same way. Yeah, exactly. And I just – I've kind of um – I just understood how it all worked and mm. yeah, from there I just uh, jumped in. Mm. And to tell the truth, like, I started off with 2000 bucks, I think. That's yeah, all? Yep. Just wow. Bought, like, and, and built my way up. I mean, at the start, I didn't have much support from the industry. I actually got no, kind of I'm shut sure out sure you would have been shut out a yeah. fair bit. I had uh, some of the yeah. uh, bigger shops going, nah, we don't want an online-only store coming up. Exactly. And, um, yeah, a lot of people did try to stop me. Yeah. yeah, I actually had to go to the ACCC at one stage. Oh, really? Yeah. Hello. So that was pretty. That was pretty intense. I mean, um, yeah, I won't mention names, but yeah, sure. Yeah, it's a small industry. I don't want to burn people, but mm. I really like. I couldn't sell my own signature model, uh, mm. things like that. You know. So, you, so what was essentially maybe I'll just maybe try and figure it out myself. I'm imagining that because you were launching your own shop, your board became pretty difficult to sell elsewhere. Exactly. Yeah. And okay. uh, I couldn't sell myself and like a lot of the um, 
the big retailers were putting pressure on suppliers yeah. to not stock meat, sure, or, which sure. is, you know, they're just trying to protect their own business. Uh, but, you know, it actually, uh, it made me real. you know what that made me realise? That mm. there was actually something here. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because they're trying to protect us so hard. I was like, well, wow, this, this is a real this winner. Is, this me, they're protecting something. So I started uh, chipping away and then, okay. yeah, just as, as years went on, like my first year, I did like 16,000 bucks. Wow. Um, next year, it was like triple, uh, quadruple that. Wow. And then from there on, it was like double, Shit, triple. I would have totally invested in that if I knew this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. That's some good growth. Yeah, it's some good, good growth. growth. But, I mean, let's talk about that growth then because, you know, a lot of um, – I recently myself published an article through Movement Mag about kind of the state of competitive bodyboarding, not really the industry itself because I don't really know what's going on with bodyboarding as an industry, but a lot of people have a lot to say about it. Mm. Um, as the main, I mean, would you say that you're probably the main retailer of bodyboards in Australia, at least on the high level, on the top uh, end level of the boards? I or think are probably there, like inver- I think inverted would be up there too. Okay, yeah. those guys as well. Yeah, yeah probably like um, uh, them and us would be the best too. I mean, there's Emerald okay. too. Um, you look at, basically look at the Australian tour, you got um, uh, good, what's that one in WA? Good Earth. Good Earth, yes. Good Earth. Sorry, Good Earth. Yeah, no, no, no. (laughs) Yeah, Good Earth. (laughs) Got them. Got uh, Inverted Sponsor a Comp. Yeah. You got uh, SWS Sponsors one. The next one coming to the Mystics and us. So Okay. Uh, Emerald's probably not the, the only one that doesn't really sponsor an Aussie tour event there. Yeah. Like out of um the the major retailers. Sure. sure. But that gives you an idea. Yeah. Okay. And so, but then my question, I guess, is. How, what is the state of the bodyboarding market or the bodyboard market right now? Are you experiencing growth? Are you experiencing a decline? What's the answer? We're experiencing growth. Yeah. We're experiencing growth. But whether that's because we're taking a bigger market share or mm. because um, bodyboarding industry is improving, I don't know. Mm. But, you know, like there's a few factors going on. You've got the VBC crew who are uh, avid, avid shoppers. And what's good about that is not only is there a lot of older guys getting back into the sport who mm. have a bit more cash or mm. more financially secure, mm. but also they're getting their kids into it. And that's so, happening? Yeah, that Are is you happening. That? So you get like a lot of uh, the older generation getting their kids into bodyboarding. Yeah. So like especially in summer or um, even now, like we're getting a lot of, you see a lot of uh, grom boards going out along Sick. with, they'd be selling a 36-inch board along with a 43-inch board. Wow. So uh, that just shows you, you know. That, so that's kind of come a full cycle a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's got to this stage to, to get to that. Um, yeah. Just get, getting a delivery here. It's, really, it's all really happening. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, that's good. I see I see growth um, from the from the older dudes and the younger dudes that way, yeah. Okay. And so coming down to um, have you, with your um, business model i mean i guess do you think that the success of bodyboard king is due to maybe the fact that more people are also just more comfortable shopping online is that actually another factor that's probably a big part of it yeah too okay so i mean uh more people shop online these days Mm. like we do see we have a big um like a lot of sales in retail too like in the shop here okay yeah so that's also a big part of it okay yeah i mean i think people are are comfortable. Also, think that um, you know, if you buy a pair of fins that you like and mm. they're the right size, yeah, what's the stuff you buy them online? Yeah, yeah you know yeah, they're going to yeah, be the same, right? Yeah, or if exactly. you, get a, if you exactly. had a good board before and you get another one, you like, you know, you know what you want, and yeah. people are, are so in tune. When when a lot of customers come into the shop, a lot of them will walk in and I'll say, "What are you after?" And they're like, "Oh, 
checked out this one online. Like they've already okay, done so they've done a bit of research before they've walked in. That's that's our, our, our walking customers, let alone. Oh, okay, so they're still ledged, they're kind of online customers well, that you could say in many respects. They're doing their research and they, they know what they want. So, and they bothered to walk in. Yeah, and then you okay. get the other people that walk in and got no idea. But okay, yeah. So, do you? Um, I don't know if you have any data on this. Is putting you on the spot a little bit, but like, do you have any idea or any anecdotal evidence about? Are people loyal to brands or are they how, – how, what does the average shopper repeat customer for you? Do you know if they actually well, – I think they're pretty loyal. They yeah. stick to the rider or to the brand? Uh, to the brand mostly, yeah. Oh, uh-huh, yeah. fuck. Unlucky riders. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, Sorry, there, guys. There is, right, there is yeah. rider loyalty too, yeah. uh, obviously, but um, – yeah, I think if people had had a good board, they like stick to that board. Yeah. Um, same with like Fins, you know, like mm. for example, Churchill Fins. They've had a run when they've been around probably the longest Fins ever. They've yeah. gone through a couple of bad phases where they've had bad molds. They've they had bad that. rubber. What was that? What was that fin they released that time? Oh, the slasher or the slashers? Yeah. Jeez. But I mean, guys, guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, but like <laughs> at one stage, all, all their fins were were breaking. Yeah. And they got right. a really bad name, but and then. So uh, it's taken a while for those guys to get over that. They've got a, a, a good rubber compound now, and they're okay. selling heaps good again. But you know, um, it doesn't take long, much in the bodybuilding community if someone finds out something shit that it just spreads like wildfire through the industry. Mm. So you got to keep your products pretty good, and um, yeah, it just shows you that a lot of people who had brand loyalty to them did switch over. Yeah, and now they come back. So okay, so the quality of the product mattered still, yeah. even though the loyalty was strong. Exactly. If it wasn't up to scratch, I was like, "We're out." Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. So you got to be careful. So that's the thing with online shopping and, and social media and all that. Like everything, information is more accessible. Mm. And like, if someone, if one thing bad things happens to someone, people yeah. can see it and you know get a bad review or whatnot. So you got to have good customer service, and people, all the companies have to have really good products too. Well, let's talk a little bit about the, the realities of business and things like that. Like, how how what does your kind of average week look like as a business owner in the bodyboard space? What, like, what do you what do you do? Uh, how mate, many hours are you putting into this? Depends. Like, in Christmas time, I'll work like eighty to hundred a week. Yeah, yeah, right. So uh, that's like I'll be in here at three thirty in the morning. In the morning. Yeah, and I'll leave. I'll leave at five. Yeah, and then you know that'll be. Uh, five or six days in a row. Jeez. Uh, sometimes earlier. That's uh, heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's full on. And then, but like an average week in winter time, you know, I usually just come in nine to five, 40 uh, hours. More week. chilled. Yeah, it's a bit more chilled. Okay. But, so you just get to deal with it um, as it comes to hand, really, yeah. Do you, um, because it's an online business, I, ma- I imagine that you may have access to the business from anywhere in your phone yeah. or wh- wherever you're walking or doing you might be having a coffee and you can just kind of check in how do you manage my wife actually did a bunch of study on this about how people switch off from work in a connected world how do you manage that or are you a bit guilty of staying connected no, i know i am i'm I, pretty bad at I, it. I switch right off do you yeah i don't have emails on my phone oh, at all so okay. and i i can't check what's going on on my phone wow i make it say i just have when i get home from work unless it's really busy i'll just won't do yeah. anything. I'll okay. just keep my work at work. Oh wow! Uh, I really try. I've really tried from the start to to make that differentiation. I think if you work from home, sometimes it can just like bleed into each other, and, yeah. and you're not as productive. Yeah. I mean, it depends how disciplined you are with your work hours. Totally. Yeah. I think sometimes that can happen. Are you a disciplined guy? With work and uh, yeah, things like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, we yeah, kind of work. Just, I'm like all oh, work, like bang the whole day. Cool. No, no breaks, you know. Nah. So yeah, Straight that's fun. I don't mind. I'm just like I'm used to it. So mm. if the waves are pumping though, I'll go surfing all day. Drop tools. So. Mm. I'm all or nothing kind of dude. Yeah, cool, yeah. cool. Um, speaking of that, with um, with your career, I mean, you're kind of coming, you know, you just went to comp and you were doing quite well, even though the waves were pretty bloody small and you never really surfing it. So you still got, like, a lot of the skills that never, they've never seemed to have left you. And I know you were mentioning the big swells that were here a few weeks ago and you were out there in those as well. Mm. Uh, how long can you do this for? Like, are you are you one of those guys that, are you, what are you doing, yoga, sun salutations every morning? Like, how are I you do, staying? I do, do training, yeah. Okay, what are yeah. you doing to stay fit? Because how old are you now? 41. 41? Yeah, yeah, 41. So, Mate. I feel, I've what always... Are you, what are you doing? I always feel fit. Like, I, I just eat well and, um, you know, just on the go at work all day, really. Yeah. But I do go to the gym twice a week, too. Just okay. um, doing a lot of different training, mainly, uh, like, not really with heavy weights, but like more um, using your body weight. Okay. For like strength and core strength yeah. and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. I so find you're that on top goes, of it. Yeah, really good. And it's really, that's really helped me um, be more strong. So, you know, if I haven't surfed for a month or something, I can mm. still get in the water and I still feel strong yeah. and fit. And I think it's all about core strength for bodybuilding and I like so shoulders and mm. not, you don't want to be overly muscular. Nah. You look at all the good guys, right? Yeah. They're quite thin, they're quite yeah, agile. Yeah. Same with surfers. Yeah. If you have too much bulk on you, that's a downfall. You want to be Definitely. quite lean. You want to be, um, but strong. So mm. that's kind of what I what I aim for too. And yeah, yeah. I know I um, I pretty much I'm learning. I learned that after last year going back on the tour that like I can't just turn up yeah. and just do things and expect not to get completely killed. Yeah, and yeah, like my whole year last year was just a year of pain, mm. weird pains that I'd never had before. Like weird. Um, like a nerve kind of something happened in the shoulder. It was just yeah. coming down into my elbow. So every time I'd like bottom turn, I'd just have these shocks coming up my elbow. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's interesting. So well, I mean, because you, you, it's like riding a bike, right? You know, yeah. you know how to do it. Your muscle has a memory, but yeah. sometimes your muscle can't perform at that no, level that you want to. Yeah. Not anymore. Uh, it's an interesting group. Like you mentioned, these VBC guys um, earlier as this kind of new wave of of riders. Now, is there a um, they're obviously a good market opportunity. It's obvious to me that these are guys who are going to go buy a lot. Of, they seem to buy every freaking vintage board that comes on the yeah, market, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. They, they're frothing on it. But there have been stories in that in that Facebook group about guys just getting pretty like serious injuries that I've never seen before, but these guys seem to be getting pretty fucked up. What do they need to like – is there an opportunity there to kind of train these dudes or like how do we I, – I worry about them. You know, like how – are they kind of – what's your advice to these guys? Because some of them are probably your age and yeah. older, right? That's yeah, kind yeah, of the yeah, vintage yeah. crew. Like you're probably the young yeah. age of that yeah, vintage crew, be, I'd yeah, say. Yeah. I, I think so too. Um, so what's your advice to them? Like what should they be thinking about? Just – I mean, surfing is the best training. If you yeah. can go surfing as much as you can. Sure. Otherwise, swimming is probably the next best thing. Yep. Um, yeah, otherwise just you do your, your core training. Uh, make sure you, you're flexible, I guess. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, because it's pretty easy to hurt yourself, realistically. Yeah, Especially totally. Especially if you're riding, you know, some of those bigger boards, so you don't have much give to them. No. Nah. And, um, and, you know, if you take a big drop, it's not gonna really going to mm. handle it as good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd hate to see to these guys switch off because they get a few... You know what it's like when you get a 
injury in life. Like it stops you from doing the thing you probably got injured doing it. Definitely, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, I've been kind of seeing these guys and like they're so keen. Like these guys are so – I've had a few good surfs with a few of them up in Foster when I've been around and they're just like frothing. Yeah. But like I, I know that there's a lot of stories there about guys just getting pretty hurt. But um, oh, well, all the vintage guys, just keep up the good work. <laughs> um we're kind of coming towards the end of this interview, but I wanted to um, touch on before we go, just your career, like reflecting on your bodyboarding career. There are a few moments there where you 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 seem to bounce around a bit more. Like obviously, people can't help but compare you and your brother, right? Like yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. been an age-old thing for you too. But you seem to bounce around a bit more when it came to sponsors, when it came to kind of interest. Whereas Ben was seemingly a bit more stable, and he seemed to have. I wouldn't say it was focused, but just the pathway seemed a bit straighter. Mm, yeah, for sure. Um, what, what, why was that? Is it, is that to do with your character and maybe your your interest in just changing things up, or was it to do with different movements in the industry at the time? Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's probably my character mostly. You know, I kind of uh, had that don't give a fuck attitude sometimes, mm. and like not really uh, keeping sponsors happy because I I had to. You know, yeah, like, right. Like when Quicksilver they are. Uh, I left them because they had offered me a, uh, what seemed like a better deal than uh, than what I than what they had offered me, and um, so I went to the interview after they offered me a certain amount on the phone. I went to the interview to sign the contract and, mm. and talk all the stuff at the meeting, and uh, they offered me a, a lower amount. And the, and the guy said, "Take it or leave it." And I said, "I'll leave it," and walked out. You know, so that's heavy. Uh, things like that. Yeah. But back, like back to contextualize that back then, that probably would have been like a. I'm guessing it would have been like better than what some guys are getting today, right? Yeah, it would have yeah. been like salary, like it would have made a difference to yeah, you. Yeah, probably. Yeah, looking yeah. back, it was a, a fair amount of um, of money, but you know, I just knew that I sort of was good enough in bodybuilding to get some spo- some other sponsor, and, yeah. and if I didn't, then I just would work a part time job and make about the same amount. So, how old were you when you walked away from that contract? I think I was like twenty. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, years wow. Yeah. Ha. yeah, just like checkers. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, you know, that's that was for me. Bodyboarding was um, like a anti-authoritarian thing, anyway, yeah. and I wasn't really. I hated. I didn't really um, like that. I mean, Quicksilver was good, but I, I I didn't like being part of that that team. Essentially, okay. just like my brother was like, and the other riders were really good. Like, don't get me wrong, but yeah. I just kind of wanted to blaze my own path and yep. do something different. So. Yeah, that was sure. a bit of the decision too. Yeah. Yeah. Because from that, you jumped into BZ. Then, BZ, yeah. yeah. Yeah, as a board brand. Yeah, it was BZ was my main sponsor after that. And you had a long years. relationship yeah. with them, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. How was it um, to jump onto that team then? Because that was maybe an American brand or was that through the Aussie kind of distributors? It was a um, bit of both, yeah. It yeah. was kind of sponsored by America and Australia. Yeah. So uh, that was a pretty good deal actually. I mean, like they would, I'd get um, the American side of it would take care of all the – Board royalties worldwide, yeah, and then uh, the Australian distributor too would uh, sort us out. So I was on a pretty good wicket with those Sweet. guys. I think that was probably better than the quickie deal. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, cool. so and they get they gave me um, kind of like I guess I was a, one of the first Aussie guys to break into the American market. Yeah, through BZ. Yeah, I remember that. I got a couple of covers of on uh, bodyboarding. Oh, I had two covers. Are. I think I was actually the first Aussie to get a bodyboarding cover. Yeah, was that the Shark Island? Is that the that, same tube? That was one of them, the Shark Island one, and there was another one from uh, Tahiti Chopu. So yeah, yeah, uh, things like that. Um, so yeah, and like a lot of times I, they would send me on trips, 
um, just promo trips to New Zealand or Tahiti and yeah. or go to America and no, stuff. No, it seemed like a good cool. period for you. Yeah, like yeah. In terms of your it. ability to get around the world, mm. do all the things you wanted. And and that was essentially, um, they gave me reign to just be a free surfer. Yeah. So that was kind of what I was all about. Don't get me wrong, I do like competition too. Yeah, but yeah. I would much prefer any day to get a, go do a, a sick trip. session anywhere. So, yeah. Um, how... Um, when your your kind of journey away from being a paid writer though to being a businessman within the industry, what was the was it just this organic thing that happened, or was there a moment in time where you were like, okay, I gotta I gotta start figuring out the next step? It was pretty much um, thirty years old was coming up the big three. Oh yeah. So um, I sort of when I was about twenty nine is when I did it. I started uh-huh. it and I was like, I've got to do something. Okay. Like I had a bit of a midlife or not midlife, but close to midlife crisis yeah, sure. and uh, that was like one of the factors I knew sort of my, I'd, I I still love bodyboarding but I just wasn't as passionate about travelling and competing and things like that yeah. so it was kind of like uh, the next step really and yeah. that was something else I could sink my teeth into and um, sort of already had those skills a little bit like yeah. we've done a few other things with rejected clothing yeah and, that's right that all, all happened and like that yeah. kind of thing so yeah um, this is really yeah. It was kind of the next step. It was sort of happened organically, I guess. And so the final thing, I guess, to leave with people because um, I think it's pretty interesting. There's a lot of guys out there who kind of wish they they've got ideas about how they can contribute to the sport. Um, they've got skills that aren't you know they're outside of what the sport kind of has in them. Whether they're a business person or they might be in media or they might be a lawyer, who knows? But like, there's a lot of people who kind of want to find a way to fit in here and even start their own entrepreneurial things within bodyboarding what's some of the what's the best advice you think you can give them as someone who's kind of made the transition and yeah. and i mean i'm looking around it looks like it's worked out so that's mm. really cool yeah um what's the best advice you could give um just keep at it you know uh, sometimes you feel like you're just bashing your head against the wall but um yeah just keep at it stay focused and i guess with anything in life um some of the mistakes you make are your best lessons too so Use every lesson as a as a learning point. Don't get too uh, pissed off or angry about it. Just use that to focus and, and not make the same mistakes. I guess also you want to be able to take risks um, when they and jump on things when they arise, but mm-hmm. you also don't want to overextend yourself. So you've got to have that fine balance, um, you know, not spending too much. A lot of people straight away when they start a business, they'll just dump so much money into it to start off with, yeah. which is great, Yeah. but they won't see, usually you don't see any returns for the first couple of years, so yeah. you got to expect that you, if you, any business, you got to work for two years straight without expecting anything back from it, and Heavy. then after that, you'll sort of Something will happen. My, my old man told me that. Yeah, when I first two started years. Business, he was like, said, mate, years, you got mate, two years yeah, of pain. Two years, you're not going to, don't even think about making a cent out of it. Wow. And just reinvesting all that money back, you know what sure. I guess, yeah, so... Well, I guess go. that's the best advice. Yeah. Maybe the last bit of advice is listen to your dads. Sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes. True. So there you go. Listen to your dads. Sometimes. Really cool to um, finish off that podcast talking a bit about the entrepreneurial uh, vibes and how Toby really launched that uh, that juggernaut of bodyboarding in Australia called bodyboard king huge thanks to him that was another uh la boogie re-listen for you all to enjoy um yeah look i'm hoping to with some of these re-listens of course the content is a little bit older but i think it's still quite relevant a lot of it um and i do intend on kind of trying to pick up with um a few of these people 
who I've already interviewed in the future. So, um, you know, if you listen to these podcasts and you think, oh, you know, I'd really like to more like like to know more about you know this or that, you know send it through in the DM and, and let me know, you know, or, or comment on the post in uh, Instagram. And, you know, I'm always, um, I don't have all the questions um, and I'm really keen to hear from the listeners about what other things they want to know about the writers. So, you know, keep that in mind when you're listening to this. I, I really love the feedback. I really like hearing from you all. And uh, yeah, I hope that was enjoyable and stay tuned for more. Live, 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 live